Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the This Is More show coming to you from Muletown Farm in Columbia, Tennessee. This is where we talk all about living this life to its absolute fullest potential and where we don't settle for less than God intended for us. That's right, folks. There is more for our lives. There's more for our careers. There's more for our marriages, our our dating relationships, our singleness, our school life, our fitness, our emotional lives, and you guessed it, our spiritual lives. I am your host, Chris Brown, and I am joined today by my favorite co-host ever, the incredible Mrs. Holly Brown, who I cannot wait for you to hear some very encouraging words from uh, right here in the second episode of There Is More. Well, to catch everyone up to speed, there this is not this is a brand new podcast, so there's not much to catch up on, except our first episode that aired last week, where we learned all about how to navigate anxiousness uh, during these crazy times, and we're reminded of some great strategies to win over worry, win over worry. And in last week's episode, we were giving away some. <laughs> There is more stimulus money, I guess you can call it. And uh, that's right. We were giving away some of that green stuff. And I'm excited to tell you later on in our show how we are upping the game this week. Stay tuned for more details about that. And uh, be sure to go back and listen to last week's episode as well, as we know it will bless you. Well, I said that this is a new podcast, but really in my heart, as Holly and I have prepared these episodes, we don't. We don't really feel like it's really new, but more of a continuation of what many of you know was the Life, Money, Hope podcast, and even more of you know all about the True Stewardship podcast way back in the day. Of course, we have the same spirit, same mission, same vision, same culture within a very loyal tribe, and of course, the same host. So we changed the name once, and here we are now just simply changing the name again. Why? Because God has planted in our spirit that there is more for this podcast. There is more for Chris and Holly. There is more for all of us. And we pray that over each and every one of you who are listening. Holly, before we go any further, uh, can you just say hi to these amazing people and, and let them know a little bit about your heart regarding today's episode? I'm just here to join in the fun. I've been listening to your podcast for, I don't know, three, four years now, uh, before your hiatus. Uh, now I'm, I'm here to join you and laugh together and hopefully encourage um, some people as we all navigate life together. That's awesome. Well, to be honest with you, she didn't listen for three or four years. She listened about every 10th episode, maybe for about five minutes. And uh, But I will tell you, she was behind the scenes, giving me a lot of direction, a lot of wisdom, a lot of truth, and probably the highlights over the years that you've liked the most originally came from Miss Holly. So I'm excited that she's joining me. Now for <laughs> <laughs> Being nasty, right, Holly? Well, yeah, came out swinging, that's for sure. Y'all, I was once asked the question in front of 7,000 people, who would you say has discipled you to this point? Such a big question. And I initially thought of obviously some pastors and some teachers and leaders and 
some of those big influential people that maybe you've maybe you've you know known their books and known their uh their uh their podcasts and their teachings uh, those kind of people that I've had in my life but then the more I thought about it I realized the truth was that God has not used anyone to develop me more than our co-host my 20 year bride Holly now, this woman is absolutely full of so much godly wisdom and delivers it with this perfect mix of truth and grace. Now, to other people, a good mix. To me, it's probably just a little bit more truth. But <laughs> this mix of truth and grace, I just love her so much. And uh, may I just add, through all that, she's a beast of a leader and, uh, and the best mother to our three children. Let me just take time out to say, because maybe I didn't do as well as I should have this past weekend, but happy Mother's Day to the best mother in the world. Thank you. Well, actually, you weren't even here. So what are we doing to celebrate tonight? <laughs> anyway, I guess we're going to address that a little bit later. Well, last week I shared a little about our heart around There Is More. And you can get a glimpse of our heart just in the intro each week. Um, I thought in this week's episode that it may be good to share the deep why behind There Is More. We're going to be spending a lot of time together and I think it's important for us all to know the deep-rooted why behind that time together. So today's episode is simply titled, The Why Behind There Is More. We pray that you can draw some parallels to the very similar dynamics in your life, and we are all inspired and encouraged in some way today. As we start and we dive into this, Holly, can you pray for us? Sure. God, I just thank you so much for this time together. God, I just ask you to pull up a chair and join us right in the middle of this conversation, in the middle of our thoughts, um, and in the middle of our dialogue. We love you. We thank you that you show us daily that there's more to this life than running ragged, than trying to keep up with the, um, those around us. Um, God, show us just in the small ways today how you have that um, or uh, some truths that you have in that area for us. Yeah. We love you. Amen. Amen. So the why, why take the time? Why buy the equipment? Why line up the team? Why do the prep? Why there is more? I don't know about you, but I've made some mistakes in this life. If you can relate to that, let's just all just get one big therapeutic amen right now and just throw it out there, right? Yes, we've all made some mistakes and we, we've had all some major disappointments in our life where either people have let us down, circumstances have let us down, or we perceive that maybe God has let us down. And of course, I guess, you know, he let us down based on our finite mind, you know, what we wanted for ourselves, but obviously he knows what's truly best for us. But at the end of the day, you felt like God let you down. Okay, so there it is. We have those feelings. They're real. How do we handle that? Well, let's do something about it. And do we go back in time and reverse those things? No, it's not an option. Do we sit here in present day and dwell on those things? Oh, poor me. Well, <laughs> that is an option, I guess. We could do that. Not, not exactly super effective, could be extremely discouraging. So what do we do? 
let's leverage those hurts, those unfortunate situations to help others. And many of you know a little bit about my past. I, I had a childhood that was marked with extreme poverty, filled with constant violence in my house. My mom had four husbands and several boyfriends in between. I wish I knew that, uh, you know, what it was that attracted my mom to these violent men. Almost all of them handled their anger in the way of violence. The short story is that I grew up running from abuse shelter to abuse shelter and sleeping in the backseat of cars and underneath bridges. I went to over a dozen different schools and to say things that were, you know, say things that were, they were unstable. Well, that would just be a, a huge understatement. Obviously, some of the emotions that come with that kind of upbringing are, are rejection, lack of worth, bouts of loneliness, confusion, and lots of times just being fearful. See, when I eventually got married, God blessed me with this unbelievably godly woman from a very stable, godly family. And I might say, very good looking as well. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. <laughs> Some of y'all just cringed right there. Anyway, now looking back though, I, sub I subconsciously thought all the pain was behind me. You ever thought that? Oh, it's behind me. I'm tough, right? Everything was going to be different now. Everything was going to be perfect and cozy. I had this great family now. I'm just going to grab my Snuggie and cozy up next to the fire for the next 60 years. Little did I know says every adult looking back to their 22-year-old self, that we would only have one parent still alive between us at this point, that we would already have been through bankruptcy, that we've already lost a child by way of miscarriage. Little did we know. So obviously, Holly and I have a lot to reflect on. And I say, I say reflect on on purpose, not dwell on, reflect on. I can't go back and reverse those things, but I can let God redeem them. Did you hear me? Let God redeem them. I can't go back and reverse my bankruptcy, but I can let God redeem my bankruptcy. That's what this podcast is all about, letting God redeem our past. Let him pull the nutrients out of those situations and take that setback and make it a setup, a setup for future ministry and success because there is more. So what do we have to first realize? Number one, we have to realize that our past does not define us. Our past does not define us. You see, our past, either positive or negative, does not define us. Even the positive Hey, if you're if you're all American in football in 1992, it's time to take the letter jacket off. Yeah, yeah, you you guys all know that person, right? Quit using the all-state patch as a coaster when people come over and just move on. What you did back in the day doesn't define who you are today. God may have used it to shape you a little bit. You may have learned a little. Shoot, you may have learned a lot. But let's move on. There is more. The same thing is true for those of us looking back at things that were seemingly negative. The same truth applies to us. 
By the way, there are no negative past situations if you thought about it. Think about it. There are no negative past situations if, keyword if, we leverage them. If we leverage our past and realize there is more. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but people are impressed with our strength, but they're impacted by our struggles. What draws us near to Jesus? Think about it. The fact that he died and struggled. Obviously, he rose again, thank goodness, but other gods, lowercase g, they sit on their thrones. But not my Jesus. He was willing to struggle. People are impressed by our strengths, but they are impacted by our struggles. And what I appreciate about my friend Dave Ramsey is he's been there. I'm impressed by his gifts, yes. I'm impressed by his talents, yes. But I'm deeply impacted by his past struggle. I know that he, he knows all about the pain that goes with my bankruptcy. I know he can relate. So whether you have an ideal past situation or an unstable or horrific past situation, Philippians 3 is for you. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we hear the Apostle Paul talking about everything he renounces, things that he has learned in his journey that really just don't matter. I would suggest to you, as you read this chapter, put some of your troubled situations and your troubled relationships into those first six verses. And then in verses 7 through 11 of chapter 3, there's a shift. He says, I once thought these things were valuable. I once thought these past things, you know, verses one through six, that those things are valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Everything else is, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's code for there is more. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Y'all, that is the way that I see these experiences from my past. Bankruptcy, miscarriage, feeling like a rejected orphan, no memories of a loving father uh, speaking life into me as we fish by the lake. And even the good stuff. I, I was all state. I was all American. But this is the way that I'm looking at those things. The way that Paul just said, they are memories that shape me, but not what defines me. There is more to this life. So we now get that, right? But now what? Where should our focus be? Well, that's a great question. You guys ask great questions. As we wrap up this first point, the Apostle Paul answers that for us in verses 12 through 14. He says this, Now that I have already obtained all of this or arrived at my goal, or not that I have, right? He hasn't. But what is what I do. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it. But one thing I do 
forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There is more. There is more. There is more. Y'all, we peek at the past and we focus on the future. This is a great place for us just to pause and have some good dialogue, good conversation uh, about this one point, about not letting our past define us. Holly, as I, we kind of talk through all that just now, what, what, what's, what's, what's the Lord putting on your heart? Yeah, as I'm listening to you, I think for me, the, the part that speaks the most to me is a lot of your story is your past before you met Jesus. So a lot of things that you've had to overcome and work through are things that happened to you. Uh, in my life, I have a, 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 I had a great childhood and a good Christian family. And so when not letting your past define you, I always feel like I get tripped up on that sometimes because my past that I regret is even after finding Jesus. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, oh, okay, yes, I did that before Jesus and that's all covered. But what about those of us that have known Jesus and still <laughs> do really dumb stuff and things that we really regret? And that's where I feel like God, God works uh, in me daily is my grace is for you, not just what you did before you met me at the cross, but my grace is for you every day since then. And um, you know, and that's hard. That's hard when you should know better, but you, but you continue to make a mistake or um, do some things you really regret. Yeah, that's good. I mean, this is not just for, you know, if your past is a long time ago and trying to leverage it, it's like leveraging last week. All right. Yeah. I messed up last week. How do we leverage it? How do we suck some nutrients out of that? And uh, Holly's right. You know, I tell people all the time that I came from the hood and I married into the Brady bunch. There's <laughs> just two different Two different back, you know, backgrounds completely, and we really even each other out. So that's a good point. Sometimes when you're moving past your past, like if you make a mistake, you said like last week, you make a mistake and you're moving past it. I can mentally wrap my head around the fact that Jesus has forgiven me, but it sometimes will kick in an anxiety in me mm -hmm. that it can take my body weeks <laughs> to recover from. So just because I mentally know something doesn't necessarily mean my emotions are going to catch up to that right away. And dealing with that sometimes is, is just some of the hardest. And sometimes it just takes time mm -hmm. to push through that. Yeah, I've got a friend that always says, fake it till you make it. And I know that sounds really, really shallow and super basic, but you kind of are. You're like, I'm going to trust in faith before my emotions catch up. It's going to Listen, God's got a lot of history. And we talked about this last episode too. We talked a little bit about like, just trust that when you turn that key in the ignition, that there's an engine underneath that hood, it's going to start. You're going off a of history that is going to start and then he's going to be there for you. Obviously God is a lot more than an engine, but it's that same analogy of like, you can't see him. You, you, you don't know, but he, the history has proven that he's been there for you. Right. Mm. All right. So our past does not define us. So we first have to realize that. And then number two, we focus on the future. We focus on the future. What he doesn't say here in this passage is that his past makes him so passionate about the future. Just says we focus on the future, right? Now, otherwise, hold on here because I might lose you, okay? This is about to get deeper in the weeds, okay? In verses one through six, which I have not yet read to you, Right? You can hear his frustration. You can hear his angst that actually drives him to that passion for the future. Check this out. Verses one through six. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. 
meaning I'm passionate about this. I'm urgent about this, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Listen to the verbiage in verse 2. He says, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. Now, some of this stuff is contextualized to their societal context, but the whole idea is in verse 3, it kind of explains it a little bit more. It just means it's about doing something, doing something to be holy. For we who worship by the Spirit of God and the ones who are truly circumcised, truly walking with God, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. And that's what we're relying on. Not our deeds, but on what Christ has done for us. Not our perfect past, but on what Jesus Christ has done for us. Not our perfect week last week, like Holly said. Not our perfect day yesterday. That we No, it wasn't perfect. We messed up. We put no confidence in our human effort. Someone needs to hear that today. Verse 4 says this, Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, <laughs> I have even more. Meaning, I was a pretty good boy. <laughs> I'm the man. In verse 5, he says, I was circumcised when I was 8. <laughs> I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees. I was all state. I was all American, right? Are you hearing this? Who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I mean, I was a good boy. Do you hear the urgency in his voice? It was his past circumstances of always feeling like he had to measure up like he had to meet some earthly standard. He's actually leveraging and harnessing all of that, all of that struggle to drive him to this unmatched passion to grow closer to Jesus, to grow closer to the real thing. And I'm talking about the real thing, the relationship, not the religion. He leveraged his past to warn others and drive them toward Christ. His past didn't define him, but he's using it to direct him. Did you catch that? Your past doesn't define you. Leverage it to direct you. Number two is we focus on our future. And a perfect present day example of this is uh, right now, I don't know about in your neighborhood or your church, there's all these food pantries that are going on right now, all across America, all across the world. Remarkable people all over the globe, either channeling gratitude for a really good upbringing you know, didn't have to deal with poverty, didn't have to deal with uh, being hungry, but they're leveraging that gratitude to be a resource to hungry people with food. Or other remarkable people who are redeeming some past hurt, some past hunger, some past poverty by also resourcing hungry people with food. People who have been there, people that may have perhaps have made some big mistakes in their lives, people with regret, like Holly said but they know that those past mistakes don't define them. And they're letting their good and bad circumstances or experiences equip others and encourage others. And let me just pause in this podcast, in this show, to the thousands of food pantry workers out there all over the world. Y'all are rock stars, and you're showing up big right now for the kingdom. Way to go. So this is our focus on the future. I've seen this in your life in a lot of different ways, Holly. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit, maybe about one of those examples of how 
focusing on the future has really helped you. Maybe you're in one of those moments of regret and you, or maybe it's a, a moment of, of maybe, maybe it's a moment, a neutral moment where you're like, I don't know what God's doing in this season, but I'm going to focus on the future. How's this looked? <laughs> okay. So in my life, I think I, d- I laugh because I don't think my answer is going to sound nearly as godly as you're hoping. And I think that ho- Welcome uh, to my life, folks. focusing on the future, for me, honestly, the at least example that's coming to my mind as you speak is, is, is in times of deep either shame or regret over past is lots of times just getting up and putting one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. doing the next right thing. And in my own life, about three or four years ago, I started working virtual, uh, which is working in my favor right now during COVID. <laughs> but I was working virtual for a church and, and I still do a great church in South Dakota. We live here in Nashville. And I remember about a, a year, two years into being this virtual executive pastor, a conference called me and just said, Hey, would you be willing to come and sit on this panel? We want to talk to you about what it's like to be a virtual employee. And they said, not just an employee, but an executive pastor from what we can tell you're the only female in America that is currently doing this. And we want to, uh, we want to ask you questions about pioneering this new world and this new field. And I just laughed. I was like, you've got, you don't want me. You got the, the only reason I'm doing this <laughs> is because I was going through such a dark season. It was just put one foot in front of the other. And God brought this, put it in my lap, made it feel like a safe place for me to start getting back towards my calling. And so, so I was surviving something and now they're asking me to act like I had this vision and I was pioneering something and I was building something. Thing. And I wish I could sound so smart and say, yes, God gave me this vision. I mapped it all out. I had my five-year plan and we are just tracking along when all reality, it was just a simple step that I could do. And uh, it was one foot in front of the other. And that's how sometimes focusing on the future looks in my life. And you come to find out after you get out of that chapter, maybe that God was pioneering a season where that you were just merely surviving. And I think that's the cool thing about our God. Mm. So, no, I think as you're thinking through the future, you got to take moments like that. I mean, Holly's in the middle of it all and can't see God working. Actually, in some moments, God seemed absent. Couldn't hear his voice, right? It was, it was obviously he was there the whole time, but couldn't hear his voice, couldn't feel his presence, had no idea what God was doing. And you got to use that history in your faith, so that when you focus on the future, you're like, you know what? He's been there beside me. I had no idea what in the world, right? Because that is crazy. And it's like, you know, somebody, people come to me all the time telling me, hey, your wife, she's like this pioneer of, of virtual executive Far from it. and uh, Flying she, by the seat of my pants <laughs> for 40 years now. <laughs> so I don't know if that maybe encourages someone out there right now. Maybe you're in the middle of it. Maybe, uh, you know, Holly's going to share maybe some details about that later in a later episode of that season. But maybe you're in that season where you can't hear his voice. Uh, maybe you're uh, in that season right now where you just feel alone and uh, you don't have no vision or like you hear vision or mission statement. And you get frustrated. You're like, what? Like, I, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to put that foot, you know, that she was talking about. And it really is just taking that step and showing some kind of movement. And I appreciate you sharing that. That's really, really good. So that's number two. We're going to focus on our future. And number three, we have to realize that God can create something new. 
which is funny because that's really what Holly just talked about. Create something new. Out of nowhere, he can create something new. We read in Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I'm so thankful that when I look back to where I was as a high school student, where I was as a college athlete, and even where I was as a new husband, that God can create something new. And he's done that in my life. I know that he has done that in your life in many different areas. And here's some real proof. This is the only analogy I know that comes to my mind. For 38 years, I didn't have a pet. 38 years of my life, I never had a pet. This little brief season where I had this little cocker spaniel that was like maybe for, I don't know, a week or two. But uh, for 17 years of marriage, my wife and I have been as anti-pet as you could possibly get our first 17 years. And we're not anti your pet. Don't, don't email me. <laughs> okay. We're just anti having them in our house. Okay. We think they're cute for y'all. Right now, Christmas of 2015 comes, we decided to get a dog. We got a little golden doodle that was about seven or eight pounds, about two months old. So stinking cute. And since that day, folks, I am all about my dog. Holly is all about, I mean, Holly likes our dog more than me. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's embarrassing how much we love our dog. We have this <laughs> love. Oh, gosh. I always say if, he, so if he leaves, <laughs> you can have the kids. I'm taking the dogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she actually tells me that often, which I don't know how to read into that. But uh, anyway, we have this like love fest every time we walk into the door. Uh, it's like sometimes when I'm feeling really like insecure or I'm feeling like I don't, I just walk in and out of the door nonstop just so that they'll just love on me. Right. My kids think that we love our dog more than them. True story. And, and here's the deal. They're right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're taking our dog on vacation and it's really, really bad. And uh, he's got all these toys. I mean, folks, it is bad. I'm talking 17 years of being anti-pet in our house. And in just one day, I hope you're tracking with me, a flip of a switch. 17 years, 365 days a year, and then one day, a flip of a switch. We're all about it now. And now we have a second dog, we have a rabbit, we have horses, and we sneak and bought a farm for all of them to live and play on, right? We've literally gone nuts. I know it's a lighthearted analogy, but you know, you know, God does these things in all areas of our life. So as we navigate through all of this, let this be our prayer. Psalm 25 verses five through seven says, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. On you, I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, please, right? Nor my transgressions, according to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. So folks, our past does not define us, number one. Number two, focus on the future. And number three, God can create something new. Simply put, there is more. John 10.10 tells us that Jesus came to give us life to give us life abundantly, our life to the full. Again, give us life more, 
right? Holly and I's hearts break for each and every one of us when we see ourselves simply existing or settling for less. There is more is not about uh, aimless ambition. That's not what this uh, show's about. Or some kind of quest for more accolades or more achievement. All that stuff is empty. It really, if all by itself, it's empty. But this is more about a deeper fulfillment, uh, a greater impact, a greater significance. Now, have you thought about that recently? Here's a few probing questions for your quiet time. Maybe start with, uh, what is my story? You know, Chris seems to have a good uh, bearing on his story. Uh, have I really charted out what God's done in my life? Maybe that's where you start. Have you ever written your story out? Maybe ask God, how, how, how would you have me redeem this? How would you have me, God, how would you have me leverage my story? Which really, God, is your story. Maybe ask him in this next day. Maybe in this next week, maybe in this next year, maybe in this next season, what does there is more look like today? What does there is more look like in the next hour? And I'd love to hear back what God is speaking into your heart. And maybe over social media, uh, why don't you do this? Why don't, why don't uh, you guys do that exercise? It'd be really good for all of us if you haven't done it already. And then let us know. Let us know. Maybe message us, tag us on a post maybe where you're sharing with your friends. Uh, on social media, I'm Chris Brown on air and on all platforms. And Holly is Holly Brown one on Twitter. She's Holly Brown 11 on Instagram. And then on Facebook, she's Holly Dwyer Brown and just tag us. And um, we'd love to maybe even share a little bit about your story in an upcoming show. So Holly, how, how are you processing all this? Maybe like just this whole step-by-step -step process. And I know it's not all this clean. I know it's not that linear, but maybe a way that um, this has looked in your life, the way you've channeled all this uh, in your personal life, maybe how you've seen it channeled in my life, or maybe just our combined heart behind the why of there's more and this whole idea of leveraging your past uh, when it comes to the heart behind all of our ministries. That's a lot of questions <laughs> for one tidy answer. Uh, I think just listening to this again, and I don't know, I just keep, I always go back to where I get hung up on things when people are saying stuff. So where I get hung up sometimes is, is I find myself missing something. Either I'm, I made a decision what or a mistake or, you know, we moved or something and I find myself missing what was and I often can do that the whether it was the person I was before whether it was the place we were before and and one thing that God has showed me is so often the enemy gets us to missing things that no longer exist mm. even if you went back yes. and put yourself back in that city or back in that situation or back what was is no longer there and there's a grieving process with that but just trusting God in that and understanding so often the enemy, at least in my life, has gotten me hung up on the fact of missing something that really it's not even there anymore. Mm. Uh, even if I didn't make whatever decisions I made or whatever things uh, we have chosen to do, that those pieces aren't all in play anymore. And that is no longer even a reality in life. And so I, I find myself doing that a lot when it comes to looking back on the past and leveraging things. And then I, I'll just never forget one of my really good friends that I have met 
recently and, and knows me through through ministry work had said to me one time, he said, I know, I know sometimes you get hung up on mistakes you've made or things you've done. And he said, you know, I have to tell you this. I don't know who you were when you talk about being stronger and one day we'll share about my own struggles with anxiety. He goes, I don't know who you were then when you talk about that, being stronger and not having these struggles. He goes, mm -hmm. but this is what I can tell you. I like you better now. Mm. I didn't even know that person, but I guarantee you, I like you better now. Mm. And I think all of us, even our own mistakes, there is a softening to people when when they when they have either a hard pass like you that was basically just the cards dealt to you, yeah. or like me and you you've known better and you've made mistakes. Mm. And I think there's a softening that comes with each one of us and a grace that builds in us for other people, for our friends, and just a ability to 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 wrap your arms around another person and say hey listen i don't care if you done it she done it who done it to you i'm gonna pick you up and i'm gonna carry you through this because i know what it's been like to, to to be in a season like that and to feel like you can't get out of bed or you can't face tomorrow and i think that's what makes us heroes in this life and so that's the part of it that i think when hearing you talk i i'm just so thankful for god's grace to see us through those seasons and the friends that did carry us along and i hope that's I hope that's mm. who we are, and I hope as we discover there's more on the other side of our past um, that we're we're becoming softer people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this too. You know, uh, I felt even as your husband, and I've actually never told Holly this, uh, so this is the first time right here on the air. Uh, I I too have always been impressed with you. Obviously, I've loved you. I've liked you all along. But since you've gone through this last season, and I've seen you battle through this last season over the last three or four years, uh, I've had a deeper appreciation for who you are. I even like you even more. I love you more. And it's what we talked about a minute ago, that we are impressed by strengths, but we're impacted by struggles. And, uh, and uh, man, I think, needs to be, I think that needs to be one of our episodes coming up here as, as breaking that down. Um, what would you tell the person who wants to leverage something in their past. And I know we're being a little vague here, but guys, this could be anything. It could be in your career. It could be you messed up at work and you stole something, got caught and got fired. It could be maybe you relationally, you did something wrong in a marriage or a dating relationship. It could be with your kids. I mean, it could be the gamut. I mean, so we're trying to be vague so that you all can connect with this concept. But what would you say to the person who wants to leverage that? Here's an example. Say to the guy like Dave Ramsey, Okay, I'll use a public personality here that everyone is familiar. Most people are familiar with this story. You went through the worst of the worst. I mean, you went bankrupt. And then you're going to go speak on finances. There's a lot of insecurity that's in that. You want to you wanna leverage your past, but then you know everyone's like, oh, didn't you go bankrupt? Like, who are you to speak on that subject? Now, let's pull up 30,000 feet again. No, not about finances, but about anything. Right? You want to leverage it, but you feel all this insecurity that you could be used in an area where you failed recently. I mean, I think that's the way God works. I think I wish he would use our things we're good at because that's where we feel a lot stronger and more powerful to speak on. Uh, but I, I just don't find that. I don't find that in my own life. I haven't found that in your life. I think and probably because we would come across as arrogant and prideful and like, here, watch me because I do this great. I, God usually chooses the places that we've stumbled and we failed our way through. And so that's what I would say to someone that has, has been through bankruptcy and now God's using to speak on finances. I, I, his 
kingdom is so upside down yeah. that it's so opposite of what the world does. And uh, But I do know that on the other side of failure, there are so many beautiful gifts. And unless you know the failure, you don't get to experience those gifts. So I would say to the person who's battled through a bankruptcy and is picking themselves up by their bootstraps and going to hold their head high as a provider for their family and their home is the ability to help other people and speak is a beautiful gift mm -hmm. because you decided to pick yourself up. You didn't run from your family. You didn't shut it all down. You didn't go, you know, find other ways to numb yourself. You went through the pain of that. And so much is what you said earlier, when you go through a uh, struggle, pain brings beauty and you've, but, but we all have the choice in today's world to not go through pain. And so we can find ways to numb ourselves, whether that's social media, whether that's addiction, what, I mean, any kind of addiction, pornography, alcohol, drugs, we can find ways to skirt around pain. And so I think God honors the man, the woman that chooses to go through it like Jesus did. And, you know, in the garden, he went through such intense, intense pain and the disciples didn't, they fell asleep and they, they numb themselves. The Bible says from sorrow. That's, I mean, we do that sometimes. We numb ourselves from sorrow. So I, I think because of that, uh, you know, it says when Jesus felt that intense grief that the angels came and they strengthened him. I think that he does the same thing in our life. Like, yes, maybe this bankruptcy is a result of decisions that you've made. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff we go through is our own fault, but there's a reward in choosing to go through it. And there's gifts on the other side of that. And there's strengthening from God, even as we walk through the messes we've created. <laughs> he shows up in the middle of them and strengthens us and then blesses us with gifts on the other side of it for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can definitely testify to that. I, and even some of the gifts, they're gifts to help other people. They don't necessarily feel good, but they are definitely eternal gifts. Um, thank you for sharing. That's amazing. Very good stuff. Well, folks, we're going to wrap up today's uh, time together. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, you, I, we consider you guys friends. We're taking you into our house here at Mule Town Farm. Whether you're a longtime listener of our past 500 plus shows or you're listening in for the very first time, uh, Holly and I truly are uh, honored to spend this time with you. Now, earlier, I said that uh, Holly and I wanted to give away some money. And uh, this is mostly her doing of pushing me a little bit on this. And we really do. We want to practice what we preach and want to give our little version of stimulus money away. And um, all right, so we've said it already. We've said we've given away $50 to three listeners for simply, all you got to do, $50, pretty easy, three listeners for simply hopping on Instagram or Twitter uh, or Facebook and post something, either on your Instagram stories or somewhere, right? And uh, post something and Holly and I are going to pick our favorites and we'll message you and coordinate sending you the $50. Well, we are extending the deadline from last Thursday to now May 13th, and we're raising the $50 to now $100. Now be sure to include with your post some kind of, three things, some kind of picture that represents the show. Number two, the thought that you are relaying to hopefully help your friends. And number three, be sure to tag uh, Chris Brown on air so I'm sure to see it. Uh, this contest will conclude on May 13th now, and the winners will be announced in next week's podcast. And uh, last week, we didn't include our Facebook friends, and y'all spoke out. Literally, you guys have raked me over the coals, and now we are including uh, our Facebook friends as well. So much fun. 
Uh, so make sure you engage in that little fun there. Um, all right, a little favor before I pray for you and we conclude our time together. I would really help if you do two things for me, okay? One is subscribe on iTunes or on whatever platform that you're listening on. And I'm aware of the iTunes delay last week. I'm sorry about that. If you didn't get to subscribe last week, make sure you subscribe this week. And number two, and this one takes a little bit of time, but you only have to do it once, okay? I promise you won't need to do this every week. I'll give you weekly content each week. Holly and I will do our part, but only need this one thing from you right here in the beginning, and that is to leave us a review. And again, a glowing review preferred. <laughs> if you have any negative feedback, just email us directly and uh, chris at chrisbrownonair.com. Email Chris, I don't <laughs> Yes, yeah, email, email me. Yeah, we're, we're working through that. Uh, next episode, uh, handling criticism. <laughs> no, just kidding. Anyway. All right, folks, let's stay connected on social media at Chris Brown on air on all social handles and uh, Holly's handles again, Holly Brown one on Twitter, Holly Brown 11 on Instagram and Holly Dwyer Brown on, uh, on Facebook and always feel comfortable to message us and send us anything that you'd like to send our way. We'd love to answer your life questions. The best we know how with her about relationships, parenting, marriage, career, uh, ministry, those of you that are involved in leadership. And of course we love, uh, well, I more <laughs> like talking about money, not so much Holly. Uh, and we'll either answer your question or we will point you in the right direction. Again, a huge thank you to what I consider is a very loyal tribe. Uh, you guys know who you are and I'm very thankful for those that are going on the journey with us. I have a lot to share about what God has been telling me over the last couple of years and excited about reaching millions again uh, together right here on this show. You know, I talk a lot about y'all's encouragement in my life, but I wanted to share an example. Uh, this message right here came to me on Instagram from Ann McNeil and really made my day when I received this. Check this out. She said, I just listened and I love it. I listened to you on Dave Ramsey. You are, you're how I found him. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. You are how I found him. That's crazy. Our finances are great and we can give now. Through God, you have helped change my life. I am so glad you're back and I can listen to you again. I called you about my son who wasn't as motivated as my other kids. Now he's married, has a beautiful baby, is in the airborne 82nd paratrooper in the army. We are so proud of him. Thank you for all you do. I can't wait for your book. Y'all, I get all your messages. I do. I get all your comments and they are very encouraging. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for that we get to live this life. God, Holly and I pray for each and every listener today. We pray that um, you'd walk them through reflecting on their past, of course, in a healthy way, and redeeming their past in the future as they dream about what there is more looks like in their life. God, thank you for the reminder that the quest is not for more accolades or success but for impact and eternal significance. God, we pray for our country. We pray for our world right now. We pray for their health. For those that are listening in right now who are struggling with their health, I pray, God, that you'd heal them. We pray for all the directly affected families. We pray for the healthcare workers. We pray for our pastors, our governmental leaders. We ask that you'd give them discernment, that you'd give them wisdom. God, help us apply what we've learned here today and continue to unite us together 
as a tribe that truly believes that there is more. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, so that's it for this week. And until next week, may we continue to be faithful stewards of this life, managing all of God's blessings, God's way, and for God's glory.